This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Hike, hike. Ah, went on two and you jumped. <laughs> All right, let me stop playing. Let me stop playing. All right, let me get into it. Let's see. Let's start with the two games I attended the past few days. I'm going to start with the latest one, the Cavs and the Nets. So it was a good trip to New York, New York City. It's been four years since I've been in the city. Uh, it was great, man. I went on the Staten Island Ferry, finally got to see the World Trade Memorial. Uh, didn't get to go to the museum because I was being cheap. <laughs> um, also, I went to Times Square and just hung out. I Really didn't need to do that. I could have just got pizza and just been all right. But whatever. Went there. Got my pizza. Then kind of hung out for an hour. And then, hey, went to the game. Went to the Nets and Cavs. Last-minute drama, though. I I read that. See, I knew before I left for New York City that I needed my Vax card. But for some reason, I didn't pack it. And I was like, God damn it. I was like, I hope I got a picture of this thing. I did. Thank God. Because I I forgot, man, that New York, you need Vax cards to go certain places. I couldn't get into one of the pizza places I wanted to try because I didn't have a Vax card. Blown. But it's all good, man. It all worked out. I got into Barclays Arena, which is a beautiful arena inside and out. I loved it. Man, the DJ, the DJ was playing some hits. Uh, Well, half of the songs were little baby songs. He mixed in some Young Dolph songs. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to Young Dolph. But, man, it it was a great atmosphere. And in the pregame uh, warm-ups, the the dancers were doing the Millie Rock. I was like, this place is fire. I could do this. I could do this. I could I could live here. I could be a season ticket holder here. This is this is nice. But then the game started, and I immediately noticed. Well, first thing I noticed was uh Harden and KD was playing. Now, when I saw them playing against the Warriors the day before, I was thinking. Man, they might not play. They might not play the next game. Because you know how the NBA is. You know, second game of a back-to-back. It's not uncommon to rest your stars. It's not uncommon. Not in today's NBA. So I assume, okay, maybe after a big game against the Warriors, they'll rest. But then I saw that Warriors game, which um I'll talk about a little later. And it didn't go well. It got out of hand, and those those guys didn't play in the fourth quarter. So I saw them warming up, and they looked great. And I was like, yeah, they're playing. I A part of me felt like they were going to play because the game got out of hand the, the night before. So I was like, they should have plenty of energy. They should be uh, roaring to go the next day after getting blown out like that. And sure enough, they were. KD was KD, man. KD was uh, was KD uh, to start off with, you know, getting to his spots. At any time 
He pulled up from the elbow. I knew it was going in. I knew it was going in as soon as he pulled up from the elbow. James Harden looked like his normal self. He was getting to the rim. He's hitting his step back threes. He had a step back three where he shot over two people. It's just too bad he stepped out of bounds. Anyway, the thought I was going to finish was one of the things I noticed immediately was that the Cavs just didn't look the same without Mobley, Allen, and Sexton. Those are some key pieces, and I might be missing some other people I'm thinking of. So they basically had to run it with Rubio, Garland, um, Kevin Love. I didn't even know Ed Davis was on the team. But pretty much those guys, Rubio pretty much kept them afloat. Dean Wade had a sneaky good game. He hit some big shots. Um, I was like, they ain't doing too bad, honestly. I'm like, they, they're not. Well, no, they weren't doing too bad at first. They was hanging in there, especially, you know, Ricky Rubio was, was cooking. Uh, he had 25. Um, but eventually the Nets just was showing that they were the better team. They showed they were the better team, and they got out to like a 23-point lead. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to leave at the start of the fourth quarter. As soon as I said that, that's when the Cavs start making a run. Uh, that's when they start making a run. Because Darius Garland, I think a, a, a big reason why the Nets were blowing him out was Darius Garland only had like four points at halftime. But in the meantime, though, he was getting to the rim. He was getting his shots. He was getting his shots up. So I was like, he has some opportunity. And then in the in the I guess when the game started getting out, out of hand and they started coming back, that's when Darius Garland started hitting his shots, started getting to the rim with ease. He's starting to get lead that fast break. I was like, this guy's pretty good. And he almost brought them all the way back. They cut it to like seven in the fourth quarter. But at the end of the day, it's just too much Brooklyn Ness. I mean, just too much LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge, like, every time the Cavs looked like they were going to get close, LaMarcus Aldridge hit, like, a turnaround shot from 10 feet, or he hit a hook shot. It was all day. It looked like classic LaMarcus Aldridge. It looked like classic James Harden. Oh, and don't forget, if those guys didn't do anything, because KD, KD didn't do all that much in the second half. It was mostly Patty Mills and LaMarcus Aldridge. They look like they did with the Spurs, and that that spelled trouble for the Cavs. But props to the Cavs for fighting. They they definitely uh, stayed in it. Uh, I love the matchup of uh, Javon Carter, very good defender. Just watching him play defense is just it, it's it's fun to watch. Like it's just he's very technically sound. If you want to play defense, you got to look at Javon Carter. However, though, you know, he got into a little foul trouble because he reached a little bit. And also, Seti Osman, you know, since he have a height advantage, he would shoot over him. And one in the first time he shot over him, he made it. I was like, damn, bro. 
that's the issue with Javon Carter. He's shorter than a lot of people he guarding. So people like Seti Osman can just shoot over him. Seti Osman got to be like six seven, six eight. But that was that was a fun game to go to. I was gonna leave, but then the Cavs fought and made it a game. But then once the Cavs got up to like double digits, like halfway through the fourth quarter, I was like, nah, I need to get out of here because. I wanted to beat that traffic. Um, I wanted to beat that traffic because what I noticed was that the stands were almost full. It was probably not as full as the Warriors game, but close. I was shocked. I was like, this is Nets and Cavs. I expect this to be cheaper. And not as many people show up after that game the day before. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, I, I got there like an hour, hour 15 early, so it was barely anyone there. Right after tip-off, the stands were pretty much full. So I was like, I guess, I guess basketball is a legit form of entertainment in New York. And I'm sure uh, the Knicks and Magic were packed too. I mean, when I went to a random Knicks game against the Mavericks, that, that was pretty packed and had celebrities there. So, I mean, it was dope. Man, oh, man. Wow. Um, I was just looking at my group me chat. Uh, let's see, let's see. I don't even know. Anyway, great game, great experience. It makes me want to go to another Nets game before the season is over. The Wizards won't be there. The Wizards came there one time, got blown out. And the other two games against the Nets are in D.C. And I'm undecided on whether or not I'm going to go. Uh, We'll see. But the only time the Wizards will be coming to New York is against the Knicks, I think it's March 18th. And that's mad far from now. I want to come back to New York before then because I'm like, oh, okay, I see why I like this place. I had to be reminded. <laughs> I, it's like I, I, I fit in pretty nicely. All right, man, now let's talk about, hey, I talked about that way longer than I expected. Uh, Washington football team versus Tampa, I was at that game. A lot of Patriots fans because they wanted to see Brady. But Brady was just okay. He was just okay. Like, he just, he didn't really do anything spectacular. It was a very safe game plan. Very, a lot of short passing. And honestly, he made that one big mistake. The one where, I don't know what he was thinking, like, at the game, it looked like he just – it just looked like he threw it straight to the safety and he just misfired. He did misfire, but he threw it straight to the safety. I was like, what was he doing? What was that? And before that, you had the tip ball from Darton that just fell into Washington football team hands. Um, I should have known it was going to be the Washington football team's game when – um, what's the name? Buccaneers had 
an interception, a for sure interception. I think it, the guy was like number 33 or number 32 in his hands, and it tipped, and it fell right into the Washington receiver's hands. That happened twice. And every other tip ball from Washington, I mean from Tampa Bay, ended up in Washington's hands. One got called back because of a review, but that was ridiculous. That was kind of that was kind of weird. The things weren't going Tampa's way. I just hate how Tampa couldn't convert any like third and shorts. It was ridiculous. And to be honest, man, they wouldn't have got that last field goal without the dumb face mask by William Jackson. I don't know why you're grabbing Evans' face mask. You barely have to touch him. Like, he's not really going nowhere. You don't You don't really – you don't even have to touch him. You just push him out of bounds. That's, the, that's it. That's the half. It was dumb. But – Washington football team, they played well. And I was kind of surprised. Well, I knew they were going to fight, but I didn't think they were going to be clearly the better team. Especially in the second half, Brady didn't really get going to like the fourth quarter. Like I knew when he hit uh, Evans on that little out and up or well route, I was like, okay, now he's, now he's here. Now Brady is here. Now he showed up. <laughs> but unfortunately, Washington came back first down after first down. Some of them third down uh plays they made, that was the difference. Like Washington converted some big third downs. If it wasn't Taylor Heineke on the ground, he make a big throw to either McKissick or someone at the numbers. Man, that throw I thought the Buccaneers really had them when it was like third and six. And at this point, Washington was up four. And it was like maybe two minutes to go, maybe three minutes to go. I don't know. It it was crunch time. He threw that slant to Terry McLaurin, and Terry McLaurin got popped, and he caught it, and he held on. I was like, God damn it. I knew the game was over then. He had another one where he threw to Adam Humphreys, another close one where it looked like he was out of bounds, but I guess his butt touched inbounds and he got it. Just that whole last drive, I was just watching the clock. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This joint is going to run and run and run. And and just every time it looked like Tampa was going to get him, Tampa was going to get the ball back to Brady. I was like, this is what we're here for. Brady's going to get the ball back. He's going to lead them down. And I'm going to be like, ha, ha, Washington sitcom. Y'all trash. You knew you wasn't going to beat the GOAT. Nah, man. Credit to Washington. They, um, they, uh, they kept Brady off the field that last drive, and it was impressive. It was impressive. And, you know, at the beginning of the game, I was laughing because I was like, why is Washington trying to run the ball? It's not going to work. This Tampa Bay team is all over it. And they were, man. They were. They were living in the backfield. And also, 
you know, Antoine Winfield was spectacular, especially uh, defending the run. I was like, these guys crazy. But at the end of the day, they played their best game. Taylor Heineke was very efficient. He used his legs when he had to. And the defense were very opportunistic and made sure uh, Brady couldn't get anything down the field and get any explosive plays. This is blowing me, man. That game blew me, man. I thought Buccaneers were the better team were going to win. Damn, Diana Rossini. Anyway, as I was saying, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It, it, it was one good game, okay? At the end of the day, Tampa Bay is going to be there in late January. Washington football team will not. Well, I say that, but this wild, this wide open wild card race gives any of these teams a chance, except the Lions. I mean, they're 0-8-1. They're pretty much out of it. Everyone else is kind of in it. The Giants are in it. Washington football team are in it. The Eagles are in it. They're all in it. And that's what Ron Rivera was saying on the radio. But I'm telling you right now, I want to see consistency from Washington football team. To me, that was just a fluke. I mean, there's no way, no how that you just push around a team like that in the fourth quarter, especially a team like the Buccaneers. I literally seen, I think it was Vita Vea. That might have been a play he got hurt. Someone get blown off the ball like five yards. You need to make a stop. You know they're running the ball. You still get blown off the ball five yards. You got to be kidding me. Buccaneers got pushed around. I was yelling that they were soft, and they were in the fourth quarter. And I, I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I mean, the Buccaneers got five sacks, but for the most part, their pass rush wasn't getting there. And I just couldn't believe it. Uh, prayers to Chase Young. Uh, originally, when I was outlining this show, I was going to talk about his comment about uh, him saying when he was questioned about what he was doing in OTAs, he was like, he was out making money, baby. And I was like, that was a nice answer. I was like, I love this guy. But he ends up getting hurt before I can even make this show. And I'm just like, shit, man. I felt bad. When he got hurt, I thought it was something light. I thought it was like, maybe he tweaked something. Maybe it's a one- to two-week injury. I was like, maybe it's his shoulder or something. No, it's his ACL. And it was non-contact. He's out for the season. He's probably out half of next season. It's just sad, man. Because I'm really rooting for this guy. But, hey, good win for Washington football team. I still don't think they're making the playoffs. I still think they're going to split with their divisional opponents. And that's it. Uh, That's it. I don't even know if they're going to beat the Cowboys, to be honest. They might win one game outside of the division from here on out. But that's it. I, I got them at 6 and... 11? Yeah, I got them at 6-11. and 11. Like, this is a 6-11 and 11 team. They're not that good, but they're going to win some games. Uh, I guess they'll beat the Cowboys 
in D.C. but get absolutely boat raced in Dallas or or vice versa. Or they'll get boat raced in D.C. but still won in Dallas. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Spent a lot of time talking about those games. But now it's time for the Sooner School. Well, the Sooners finally lost. I was like, man, I was like, man, they deserve to be a top four, top six team at least. But then they turn out that performance against Baylor, and Baylor isn't even that good. They aren't even that good. But how can you win a game? And I'm about to look at it right now. How can you win a game when... I'm about to pull it up, I promise. All right, give me a second. How can you win a game when you give up 297 rushing yards? Damn! Just like the Buccaneers, Oklahoma football got pushed around in the fourth quarter, and that was the difference in the game. Got pushed around. Couldn't make key third down stops. I mean, it was a one-score game. It was a one-score game. Well, okay, no. It was 17-7. to Um, Once again, them third downs. They couldn't make them key third down stops. And Baylor went up 24-7, to and that was the game. I just, just watched them. I cannot believe Baylor was getting these third and longs. And half of them was just, they were runs. I was like, they run that same read option. They run that same little dive. They couldn't stop it. They could not stop it at all. And they just ran up and down the field. They just punished OU up front. And now it got people on Twitter talking about, oh, our D lineman's too small. Speed D, ha-ha. Speed D is a joke. ah da Man, whatever, man. Yeah, they got pushed around. Yeah, it was kind of concerning. And But Baylor, see, their fans, their fans are going crazy. Their fans are out of pocket right now. Because, listen, <laughs> they stormed the field. I mean, come on. It, what do you expect from the, the Baylor line? The, the yellow jersey crew. Of course they do something like that. They stormed the field. They celebrated a little too much. Their fans talking big time stuff on Twitter. But I'm like, you're not winning the Big 12 championship. You can't throw the ball. You're not, you're not a good passing team. The moment we stop the run, the moment we become more physical... The moment someone in this conference becomes more physical than you, it's over. You're going to lose. Just, I mean, come on, man. They they have little to no passing game. But I guess when you run the ball like they do, I guess you don't need to. When you got a defense like they do, you don't really need to. Um, The problem is we couldn't run the ball. Only 82 rushing yards. We couldn't run the ball. We couldn't, which means we also couldn't throw the ball because 
we get into these third and longs, and I'm looking at these third and longs when Caleb Williams either got sacked, and, and same thing with Spencer Rattler, who got put into the game because I don't know if it was because uh, Caleb Williams got hurt or he's playing poorly. I think it was both. But the same thing happened with Spencer Rattler. He getting the third and longs, and the D-line is all over him because nobody's open. I don't know if it's the coaches or if it's the players not executing, but if no one's open on third down, I got to blame the coaches. Like, what are you drawing up? But I guess it also doesn't help when we're not running the ball and getting out of these third and long situations. The reason we beat Texas, we rushed for like 300-something yards. Like, I mean, this is not a Baker Mayfield Kyler Murray team, not gonna, we usually not gonna pass for 400 yards. Usually, you know, we need that balance. Now, Baylor and their losses, like, we had the tools to beat Baylor. Baylor against TCU, by, for some reason, gave up 461 passing yards to Chandler Morris. I don't understand. Our former third string QB. I don't get that. And against against um, Oklahoma State, they gave up like 219 rushing yards. So I'm like, we have the capacity to, to rush and pass to exploit their defense. We had the capacity to do that, and we didn't either. We got dominated up front. It blows me, bro. And now you got Baylor fans talking all this nonsense. Repeat after me. Baylor will not win the Big 12 championship. For real. They not that good. For Their ceiling is basically being the team that gets made an example out of by UTSA. That's their ceiling. They're not that good. I'm expecting Oklahoma, Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. I thought Iowa State was going to be in the mix, but they lost to Texas Tech. They're going to play OU tough this weekend, but Oklahoma should be able to withstand Iowa State's best shot and win this game and set up a a very important Bedlam game that should, you know, determine who potentially plays in the Big 12 championship. Not only that, but determine who possibly makes the playoffs. Very important game. Let's not look ahead. Iowa State's a really good team, even though they lost to Texas Tech, which is a a head-scratcher. But, yeah, I'm very confident in this team. I'm still confident that they're going to do something, even if they don't make the playoffs. They have a chance. I mean, they still have a chance because chaos can happen in front of us. you, You mean to tell me, Three Big Ten teams are going to get ranked ahead of us? Two weeks from now? I doubt it. Two of them, if not all three of them, are going to lose another game. Oh, and I'd watch out for Wisconsin creeping up behind us. They're they're on a winning streak, and if they beat Ohio State, I assume they're playing them in the Big Ten championship. They could jump us with, man, they got like three losses, right? Yeah, so I'd I look out for them. But 
Seriously though, and Cincinnati, Cincinnati could could fall. So I'm not I'm not tripping, man. We we'll be all right, man. Sooner fans, when we lose, they are very toxic, very toxic. A lot of criticism, a lot of doubts, a lot of disrespect of our own team. I don't like it, but I guess that's what comes with being an OU fan on Twitter. That's what happens. Wow. So let's get off the sooner, Schooner. For me to give you your weekly reminder to respect the bird. Well, I'm telling you, you better respect the bird. Because they are four and six. Y'all sleep. I'm telling you, they creeping up there now. They're only a game behind the Panthers. They're only two games behind the Saints, who they play on Sunday. I'm telling you right now, you better respect the Bird. Actually, it's a game and a half behind the Saints. And the Saints are very beatable. I mean, come on. They lost to the Falcons and the Giants. They lost to the Falcons, who we destroyed. Who the Cowboys destroyed. Man, matter of fact, the Falcons are one and three against the NFC East. But I'm telling you to respect the bird because the Eagles won again. They are four and six. They beat the Broncos 30 to 13. I knew that the Broncos beating the Cowboys was concerning. They beat them 30 to 16, but I'm like, I know this team ain't that good. I was like, we present different challenges than the Cowboys. I knew that. I knew we were a different team. I knew we had a more, I can't even say more physical defense because our rushing stats, our rushing defense stats are terrible. But I knew we had a good enough defense to play a physical ground-and-pound type of game with the Broncos. I also knew that Jalen Hurts was going to make magic with his legs, even more so than Dak Prescott. Not that Dak Prescott can't run, but he just runs a little less. I knew that we'd run the ball more and play better defense, and we was going to make it a more physical, low-scoring game. I knew that was going to happen. <clears throat> and it turns out, that's kind of what happened. But but in the first half, we was airing it out. And Jalen Hurts to, to Devontae Smith, it was happening. Devontae Smith had two touchdowns. You know, I would talk about fantasy, but I think I'm going to skip it this time. But I will say this. Devontae Smith was benched on all three of the teams I have him on, three out of my seven teams I have him on, it was devastating. I should have started him on all of them. I should have started him on at least one of them. I guess one of them, it didn't matter. The other two, I think I lost. So, I mean, he had 22 fantasy points. He killed it. I just thought it was a bad matchup against the Broncos. I thought it was going to be a running low-scoring game that was going to go by quick because the clock was going to be running. But I was wrong. 
it was a close game. It was a close game. But what really broke it open was Darius Slay getting that fumble deep in Eagles territory and running it all the way back for a touchdown. And Teddy Bridgewater not even attempting to make the tackle was something I noticed immediately, and I was crying laughing. I was like, this guy, man, this guy is something else. Teddy Bridgewater is unintentionally hilarious. Like, every other time I look up, he's doing something hilarious. And that was it. And that was one of the moments. (laughs) I loved it, man. It was just part of the show. But the Eagles did exactly what I thought they did. And and what also helped was that Jalen Hurts in the first half played well throwing in the air. I I, I loved it, man. And also, uh, the Broncos rushed for 200-something yards against the Cowboys, which was why they won. And also, they forced like four or five turnovers. The Eagles, one turnover and... They beat the Broncos on rushing yards 216 to 96. I told you we was going to present a different challenge than the Cowboys. Well, I didn't say that on air, but I knew it. And I was like, this is kind of a different type of matchup. I knew that they would struggle with that. I was like, if they struggle with the Washington football team, they can for sure struggle with us. I knew the Cowboys game was kind of a one-off. I was like, they they are the better team on paper. But I was like, they're not that much better. So the Eagles got them. They beat them 30 to 13. So you need to respect the bird. I'm telling you. Still in it. Still in it, man. Still in it with a pretty favorable schedule. I mean, we got the Saints. You got the Redskins twice, or Washington football team. Well, Washington sitcom. <laughs> uh, you got the Cowboys at home at the end of the season where they probably going to play backups. You got the Giants twice, probably going to split. Um, who am I missing here? I think in the Jets. Come on, the Jets. Come on. And we don't know who they're going to start. It looks like they're probably going to start Flacco. If we lose to Joe Flacco after trading him back to the Jets, oh, my God. We just, oh, my God, bro. We made Flacco a third string. He come back and beat us. We lose to our third string quarterback. We we might as well just hang it up, bro. It's a wrap. (laughs) For real. Anyway, man. Oh, man. Just respect the bird because we coming. And we're still in it. We're a game out of the seventh wild card spot. So we in there. We in there. All right. Uh, Odell. So before my last show. Okay, during my last show. No, 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 no. Right after my last show, Odell gets picked up by the Rams. So he gets picked up by Rams. I'm thinking Packers, Chiefs, Saints. I was thinking... Packers, for sure. Or the Seahawks. I was like, Packers and Seahawks are the only teams that make sense, to be honest. Because all the other ones, he's either going to get buried on the depth chart or the team is going to suck. 
and he's going to get frustrated and want to leave after the season's over. So I was thinking Packers, Seahawks, the only ones that really make sense. This guy goes to the Rams. That is one of the last teams other than maybe the Lions I think he'd go to. Because I'm like, they are loaded. I was like, he wouldn't play. He wouldn't play that much on that team. That team is loaded. They just got Von Miller. I was like, that team loaded. There's no way he'd go to a team like that. But then again, he probably has a house in L.A. He probably loves L.A. The team is loaded. He's trying to win a title, I'm sure. So he was like, man, why not? And he ended up playing against the 49ers, and I did watch a little bit of that game. They were trying to get him involved, but it's clear that, you know, he don't really know the playbook as much as he should. But it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. You know what I'm saying? They probably gave him the basics of the basics, or they just told him what route to run on every play. As long as you know formations, they just got to tell you the route, and you're good. You know, some some playbooks are just not. But it's the NFL, you know. It's the NFL. I'm sure playbooks are more complex, but it's not that hard to grasp a playbook if you only got, like, a few responsibilities. But, yeah, they tried to get him involved, and he did get a few catches. But it just looked like a good fit. I don't know what they were doing against the 49ers. Matt Stafford. Sucking again, cost me big time in fantasy. All the teams I had him on lost, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm just like, man, what the hell, man? All you had to do was play normally, and I would win all of those matchups. That's part of the reason why I don't even want to go through my fantasy football standings, because it's blowing me. But the season is over, and the titles are still on the line. But Odell with the Rams, I'm like, man, that just that offense is ridiculous. But Robert Woods got hurt, so I guess that gives him more opportunity. But I see they got a they got a, a undrafted guy from Notre Dame that they like, so I guess he's gonna fit in there a little bit. And they got Van Jefferson, so. I don't know if OBJ is going to get all them targets. I don't know if he just just magically opened up just like that. Them them two young guys from Florida and Notre Dame, I don't know, man. They're going to they gonna have some playing time. So he's going to have to compete for that. Um, The Rams will be fine. The Rams will be fine. Odell being with them is interesting, to say the least. It's going to be fun. Matt Stafford's a good quarterback. I guess for the most part. I don't know what he's been doing lately, but it's a veteran team. It's a talented team. They'll figure it out. They'll beat the Cowboys if they play in the playoffs. I'm just saying, just get your popcorn and enjoy the show. (laughs) Now, okay, before I get back to the Warriors, I wouldn't, I'm not even going to spend that long on the Warriors. The Cowboys in the past. The hype train is starting up again. The Patriots have won, what, four in a row? Patriots have won four in a row. Um, Just wow. 
So the hype train has started up because of the history and Bill Belichick. And I'm just like, yeah, they blew out the Browns, which agonizes me because Baker Mayfield got hurt again. And all them Patriots fans sitting behind me were so annoying about the Patriots winning. I I almost lost it. it. It made my experience at FedEx Field a little less enjoyable because those Patriots fans were being ridiculous. But it's okay. It's all right, though. Um, it's okay. We, we got through it. We got through the game. It was fun. But the Patriots, I guess, I wouldn't say they're back. I still think that they're going to be out in the first round. They're going to have to play the Bills or the Chiefs or whoever wins the AFC North, and it's going to be a wrap for them. It's going to be a wrap. Or they're going to have to play the Titans, not going to beat the Titans. Especially if they somehow get Derrick Henry back. So... I just, I'm not ready to buy into the hype. Yeah, they're playing great defense, and Mac Jones is, you know, taking care of the ball. And who, who matter, no matter who's in the backfield, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, they run the ball. But I'm just not ready to buy into that hype. And in the Cowboys hype, after everyone was wondering what was wrong with them after the Broncos game, they blast the Falcons, who were on the rise, I will admit. They blast them, and now everyone has the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Nick Wright even had the Cowboys at the top of his uh, pyramid. He does a, a, a tier maker type thing for to rank NFL teams, and usually has the Chiefs at the very top. He got the Chiefs as a number one contender, which is second to the top. He got the Cowboys at the top. He dropped the Cardinals all the way to, like, third tier. I'm like, are you serious, bro? A lot of people who brag on the Cowboys for a living, they're even saying that the Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFC and might go to the Super Bowl. I'm like, after the Falcons game? The Falcons are mediocre at best. Can we stop? The Cowboys are, I'm still maintaining this, the Cowboys will be out in the second round. They will not make it past divisional weekend. And if they do, they will for sure lose in the NFC Championship when they got to go to one of these West Coast teams and get get blasted. So, or they got to go to Green Bay or Tampa Bay, they're going to lose. So, I don't want to hear it, man. Like, I'm I'm not on these hype trains. These teams are not that great. And they will not make it past the second round of the playoffs. Just, Just watch. Just watch. I'm serious. The Patriots ceiling is the second round of the playoffs. The Cowboys ceiling is maybe the NFC Championship. But I don't think they're going to make it. They might not even make it out of the wild card weekend because they might have to play. I don't know if they have to play a six or a seven seed, they might be all right. But even then, I mean, I would love for them to have to play the Eagles 
in the first round after, you know, playing them week 17. I would love for that to happen. And I would love for the Eagles to knock them off. That would be just awesome. But uh, we'll see what happens. I I just don't think they're going to get past second round. People need to stop the cap. The Warriors, all right, real quick. The Warriors are rolling. They only have two losses. They lost to the Hornets, which is a head scratcher. Um, But Steph Curry against the Nets just looked like he didn't, he wasn't going to miss. And I'm like, and, and when they got rolling, Steph Curry wasn't missing any threes. And even when Steph Curry wasn't shooting, it just seems like they were getting easy layups in the half-court offense and in the fast break. And the Nets were bricking everything. And I'm just like, man, with Curry playing like this and the offense rolling like this, they are very fun to watch when they get it going and they go on these long runs. Um, They're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a tough out. I don't know if they're going to win at all, but the way they're playing right now – it's the number one or number two seed minimum. Uh, they rolling, and Steph Curry is on an MVP type of pace. I mean, last year he didn't do that bad. But now he has a supporting cast with him, and they don't have Thompson or freaking Wiseman. That's the scary thing. But it's just watching Curry, it's just like, how does he keep doing this, man? How does he keep doing this? I can't believe it. I mean, when you're great like that, when you're great like that, whether it's Ovechkin, LeBron, Curry, the longevity factor is something you have to keep in mind. They're just going to keep being great for long periods of time. But, yeah, man, Warriors are cooking. They look unbeatable. But it's early. So we'll see if teams start figuring them out. And we'll see if they can stay healthy. That is the key. Uh, the Wizards, the Wizards lost last night. They didn't shoot very well. I don't have the stats, but they only scored 87 points. They lost to Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte's a solid team. There's no – I mean, Charlotte law, uh, beat the Warriors, and now they beat the Wizards. The Wizards were in the top of the Eastern Conference with a five-game winning streak. They came back on the Cavs after looking like – they were going to get destroyed. And that's when the Cavs had everyone but Sexton. It just looked like they were going to lose that game. They were down 10 in the fourth quarter, and they, they just battled back. And then Kuzma hit some big threes, and we won that game. Um, Then we came back. <clears throat> and... We beat the Pelicans. It looked like we weren't going to win that game. We was down 20. I, I had a feeling that they would want to take the Pelicans lightly. They're tough to take lightly because they still got Brandon Ingram. That was a home game. We were big favorites. Pelicans were like 2-13. and 13, And then they gave us that work. But the Wizards held serve. They came back like they always do. And they had a 14-0 run. And the crowd was going crazy after that KCP three to put them up nine. I really like this team. I really like the balance. And that's without Bradley Bill. 
that's without Bradley Bill. So I, I really like the balance and the depth of this team. I really do. Um, I love it. <laughs> I love it. But we lost to the Hornets. I mean, it's one game. We're still pretty much at the top of the East. Um, They're definitely going to be a playoff team. Are they going to fall back a little bit? Probably. I mean, the Nets are really good. The Bucks are really good. They're going to be tough outs. They're going to be tough to beat. The Heat are really good. It's okay. It's okay, but I like the way this team looked without some of our players. I don't know how they're going to fit in. Uh, Thomas Bryan and Rui Hachimura, and even Bertans. Bertans is hurt. But for now, they're doing great. And people in the D.C. area lovely. love it. Love it. They absolutely love it. Matt Dinwiddie did nothing for me in fantasy. Uh, but whatever. Uh, it's okay. My fantasy team's still undefeated, and they're probably going to win again this week, too. So they're on a roll. I mean, I don't really need Spencer Dinwiddie when I'm loaded with talent. I mean, I got Jokic. I got Levine. I got De'Aaron Fox. Montrezl Harrell has been great. So I'm good, man. I wish I had Kuzma. I don't know, because he'd be turning the ball over. Westbrook be balling, even though he has probably the most turnovers in the league. So, you know, it is what it is, bro. I love the Wizards' success. Real quick, the Caps, before I get to the hypothetical game of the episode, the Caps, they had another OT loss against Anaheim. All these OT losses, man. It's just the cap cycle is kind of out of whack right now because they did start strong like they usually do. But ever since then, it's been a roller coaster. It's like it's either the cycle is starting earlier or it's just out of whack because it's been a roller coaster. Ever since they started off with no losses, no regulation losses until they played against I think it was the Lightning. Yeah, yeah, it was the Lightning. The second time we played the Lightning. That was our first regulation loss. Then we lost to Florida in regulation. Then we lost to the Flyers in regulation. That was the head scratcher. After the Flyers game, they stopped messing around. They won four straight. They beat the Penguins 6-1 to one at home. I love that. I cannot stand the Penguins. I cannot stand them. So I'm glad we beat them. And we got Crosby frustrated. So frustrated that he had a dirty hit. Boy, I loved it. Man, I could I could start dancing. But yeah, the Ducks ended our little streak. Thank God it was an OT loss, so we still get a point. And then we turned around, because we're in the West Coast. We're on our little West Coast trip. We turned around and beat the Kings 2-0. So we still on a roll. Ovi got the star of the week. I, I can't believe it. This guy at his age is still balling out, still better than ever. I, I just, I, I'm just amazed. I need to get to a Caps game. I need to get to a Wizards game. Hopefully I can do that sometime before the year is over. If I can make time to go, because the tickets can't be that expensive. It's not like we in New York or anything. <laughs> Oh, man. <clears throat> Y'all love the Caps, man. 
I love how our rookie goalie made a shutout. I never even heard of the guy, but he, he had a shutout. Can't remember against who, but I, I loved it. I think it was against the Red Wings because we got revenge on them. I love that. So just, I don't know. I guess I got to keep an eye on the Caps. They're doing pretty well for the most part. Um, they're going to definitely be in the hunt for one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I'm not sure if they're ever going to surpass Florida or Tampa Bay. Or every Florida and Tampa Bay game this year should be lit. I need to look out for that. And also Carolina, who's in back in our division now. So, I mean, we'll see, man. So far, so good. Oh, and we beat Columbus. I don't know how we did that, but I'll take it. That was another last-minute game where there was a tight game and then we just stole it at the end. I'll take it. Anyway, you already know. It's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. Second half of the semifinals of the hypothetical game of the episode tournament. Tournament. You already know. So now we got the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Columbus Crew. Tampa Bay Lightning, hockey champs. uh, Columbus Crew, MLS champs, soccer. You already know. But they're playing a game of basketball. Street ball. So it's going up to 21. Ones and twos instead of twos and threes. It's going to be lit. Um, it, It's it's going to be lit for sure. It's going to be lit. So anyway. uh, So for the Lightning, got Alice Killorn, Steven Stamkos, Matu Joseph, Zach Bogosian. Yeah. Zach Bogosian. Ryan McDonough. Then on the other side, you got Nogby, Barry, Solarian, Room, ETN Jr. So I only need five. only need five. I could have used subs, but I'm going to just stick to these five. So... Games of 21, like I said. So, Nogby immediately takes the ball down the court, dribbles through the defense, and he gets an easy layup. Just like that. 1-0, Columbus crew. Killorn pumps fake, passes to Joseph, who uh, who takes advantage of his defender being in the air. He cuts to the baseline, and then... Killorn gets the ball back and does a no-look pass to Stamkos, who scores the layup. So it's 1-1. The crew scored three straight, two from Zolarian uh, from outside the, the key, and a post hook from Barry. So Stamkos hits an open uh, two-pointer. Nice look from... Nice look from Joseph, who drew on the defense with a uh, drive. 
So there you go. So now it's 4-3. So teams exchange the next 12 points, go back and forth. So now it's 10-9. So Nogby gets a rebound and finds a sprinting ETN Jr. A sick bounce pass from three-quarters court. It was some Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson type-ish. A sick pass to ETN for the score. And it's 11-9 Columbus crew. Stamkos hits two more two-pointers from outside key. So he is killing it. The usual three-pointers, he has three of those. So it's 13-11. McDonough gets a big block, leads the fast break, and Stamkos goes behind the back to Bogosian. 14-11, lightning. So Nogby with another sick bounce past the room, who big slam, big two-handed slam, 14 to 12. So Lightning separate a little. They go up 17 to 12. Barry hit a two-pointer uh, for the crew. And then Nogby with an elbow jumper coming off the pick. It's 17-15 Lightning. Uh, looks like they kind of got control, but the crew is fighting back. Uh, McDonough from the Lightning hits a jumper to get it to 18-15. Nogby hits a hits a two-pointer, and now it's 18-17. Zach, uh, okay. Zach Bogosian, hop, step, layup, and the foul, 19-17. Uh, since he made the bucket in street ball, we just keep on going. Uh, so 19-17. So both teams make big defensive stops. Then Stamkos, just like James Harden, just dribbling, dribbling, and then he steps back and hits the two-pointer to end the game and the Lightning win, and they advance to the championship Well, they will play the Dodgers in a game that's undetermined yet. And the game will be about two weeks from now after, after Thanksgiving. So Stamkos leads all scorers. He led all scorers with eight. So, four two-pointers. Nogby had six points, ten assists. It would have been a double-double if we was keeping regular score. So, the Lightning advance. So, it's one versus two. Dodgers versus Lightning. Two weeks from now. We'll see how that goes. Should be fun. But, before that happens, Turkey Bowl next week. You got the Legion of Boom fantasy football team who won the Turkey Bowl last year against Team Lauren and Joy versus the random celebrity team that will be put together very soon. Not sure who's going to be on the team, but just know that the Legion of Boom is looking to keep their title and bragging rights. So that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.